everybody, and welcome to The High Ground, a recap where we talk all things about the Star Wars Disney Plus series and or. I am your host, Katie, and I am here with my co-host, Naomi, and we are here on behalf of Silent Podcasts, where we are anything but silent. Naomi, how are you? Katie, I'm so good. Uh, I, I'm i good because Star Wars is good, and you know, oh, that's like all I can so ask good. for. Do you feel like this is maybe some of the best Star Wars that we've perhaps ever seen? Well, considering that the first thing that you and I covered together was Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that was um, a big pile of something, I feel like, (laughs) you know, we've had the Mandalorian, and everyone loves the Mandalorian. Everyone go get your Baby Yoda merch or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's something about this show where like a heist happens and you know there's all these tropes of the heist and there's all these different things and yet still i'm like what what a twit you know like they, they're getting me they're getting me so yeah. um thank you to the gilroy brothers you're doing great sweetie and i and yes. i am excited that this series is 12 episodes and not six i am so excited that this series is 12 episodes and not six it feels like Typically, in one of these shows, it feels like we would be really close to the end and being like, damn, I wonder what's going to happen in season two. But we have, what, five more episodes to go? Like, we're right smack in the middle. We have no idea where we're heading. Everything is everything's going great so far. I'm really excited about it. Um, for those of you who normally maybe watch us live on YouTube, we're not live today on YouTube, but we will be posting the video. So you could be watching us after the fact. So if you have questions, tweet them at us. We'll answer them next time. We're, we're more than happy to take the feedback. We're just not live today. So just, just a quick disclaimer. Um, <clears throat> all right, we're going to be covering episode six and seven today. So we have episode titles. The Eye is episode six. The announcement is episode seven, which came out yesterday. We're recording this on a Thursday. Um, to me, it feels like I know we talked about when we when we spoke about this last time, it feels like, okay, first three episodes were an arc, second three episodes were an arc, the third three episodes are probably going to be part of an arc. It still feels to me like episodes six and seven are so closely connected um, because it's like episode six was literally just the heist. Like we got, and I know we talked about like, I hope it's not just the heist. I'm actually glad. I feel like we really got to go deep. And then episode seven, it's like the immediate aftermath which is really exciting. So I'm excited to talk about these two together. Yes. And I, I also think that like in some ways episode six was the heist, but it wasn't just like get through the building and get yep. the money and leave. It was like, you know, the post scenes, uh, post heist scenes um, with them on the planet, the scenes of the uh, Imperial family that got sort of uh, yep. kidnapped, yep. the scenes of the native Aldani people like, there was a lot to it, which I think made it feel all the more tense and yep. not inauthentically tense because that's one of my biggest problems with like TV shows, whatever, is when the hype is like, oh my God, is it going to happen? Like, you know, not to talk shit about Obi-Wan Kenobi again, but like all the fights with like Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi and you're like, well, this doesn't feel very dramatic to me. Right. I know that these motherfuckers are going to make it out of here. Like right. it, it, it had a lot of tenseness to it because you really didn't know where any of these elements were going to come to play and I also think um, and I don't know how uh, this is kind of the big topic I want to talk about with you Katie is like yeah this series is really showing that the Empire is not just a bunch of stormtroopers missing targets that the Empire is like a very very it is full of very smart people very smart evil people like the guard who figures out the communications are messed up yeah like the whole ISB and it shows that like 
the empire is not just some evil bumbling hand, but like a very yep. strategic force that is implementing its control over the people of the empire. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because I wanted to talk about that as well. I feel like you're right. In episode six, we saw a lot of competent people, which we typically when we think of the empire in traditional Star Wars, it's like stormtroopers, I can't shoot in one way. And people who like all you have to do to get through is like dress up in a costume and like you can walk by, which they did in this episode but we did see the prep going into it we saw mm-hmm. like you have to hold the guns in a certain way to be able to fit in we found and out people that people still in the eye people still looked at them like who the hell yeah are these they guys? did it didn't feel like it didn't feel like they were like do 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 i'm wearing a uniform so i'm good it felt like oh are they gonna get caught here because it did feel like totally what you mentioned there was tense but it didn't feel like it was inauthentically tense we found out that tamarin was a um uh, Taraman, Taraman, Taraman was a uh, former stormtrooper. So, like, he had some inside knowledge. It's, it's. I'm. I feel like they played it out in a way that felt so real. In, in the sense that it's still Star Wars. Like it's Star Wars, but it felt like it was like real life. It felt like there were stakes. It felt like this actually is a government that's very fascist in nature that is still rising in the ranks of mm. you know and like still becoming the peak of what it is. And there are still really dedicated people to whatever cause that there is and whatever, you know, area of service they work in. And like they're doing their jobs and they're doing them well. And and I think that's scarier than just like stormtroopers in a suit or Darth Vader or an emperor. Like we really get to see the nuts and bolts of it all. And it's they're good at their jobs, which we've never really seen before. I, I enjoyed it immensely. I also think that um, the idea of the heist itself is also a great concept that I don't think we really see before, which is like money. Money matters to a rebellion. Money matters to getting anything done. And it's an attack on the empire not to, you know, say rebels rule, we're winning or whatever. It's a specific attack to like get money to fund their efforts and, you know, I'm the kind of person who will watch a TV show and be like, how can they afford this? I'm watching girls being like, you know, well, how do they afford this? I yeah. never see them take the subway. I never see them pay their rent. And, but this is like a great moment of like, wow, we're really seeing the logistics of forming yep. a rebellion. And we'll talk about it later with like Mon Mothma in the episode seven. Yeah. But um, with the heist, uh, I really enjoyed... Um, Vel and I forget the other character's name because I like never say it. The um the other woman who is fighting oh, Cinta. Them. Cinta. I really liked them as a element of this heist because we kept basically being told, "Don't worry about them. Yep. Don't, don't ask what they're doing. Yep. And I was like, "Oh, they're just gonna like stay behind or something stupid like that, or just be with the Aldani people." But no, they were like Squid gaming it up, you know, riding. Oh yeah. Like, vehicles did you did you like their uh their plotting their their part yeah i really like their part of the heist and i really liked the part where they were trying to get in contact with them the other you know the group that was separate and through uh taraman and they were hesitating to answer because it felt like you could feel like they were apprehensive like everybody here felt like they could feel the weight of what they're about to do and everybody was apprehensive in their own way. They were scared. They were nervous where I feel like that's another thing that we don't always see in Star Wars. It's like your heroes are very 
heroic and no one is like scared to go onto the Death Star or go wherever and like take on these people and they're again and they're like stormtrooper fake uniforms like but this it's like oh no we're really starting something we're making the first real strike here and there are going to be consequences and nobody really knows what those consequences are going to be and you could like feel the weight of that so that was my favorite part of the the Valencinta Mm. Part. And I like that they were like very stealth, like they were underwater and they were in that cool thing. Like that was very cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is like everybody talks about being able to like, do you want to die for the cause? And right. I think you could see Vel basically thinking like, do I want to die for the cause? And uh, I loved um, the quote uh, that my my little communist manifesto boy. Oh, yeah. Um Yes, yeah. Nemec. Yes. Nemec. Uh, when Nemec is sort of like, he's lecturing Cassian before they, they go out and he's like, what does Cassian say? It's literally in the episode opening and I can't, re- I gotta, I don't really take notes when I watch Star Wars, guys, because I like watching Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's what he says to him and he sort of says, do I look afraid to you or do I look, oh, do I look, um, not happy, but, uh, you know, essentially the idea of like, well, if you're not going to fight the Empire, you just must be complacent with it. It's like, yeah. do I look like I'm fucking excited about the Empire? Right, sir? right. And it's yeah. true. Just because you're not physically fighting the Empire or not, you're not sacrificing your life doesn't mean that you're a part of it. And that's, I think, um, a lead into who the rebellion is now trying to get a hold of. First, we got a hold of all the radicals and we got a hold of the people who are like actively fighting. And now we need mm-hmm. to get a hold of the people who are not happy, but essentially cannot do anything. Or the people who are in the system, right? They're like within it and they're not happy being within it. They're they're cogs in the wheel, but they don't want to be cogs in the wheel anymore to this fascistic empire that's, especially in episode seven, um, increasing surveillance. Uh, it's almost like a very post 9-11 United States where like the Patriot Patriot Act went into place and just like basically allowed the government to spy on every citizen. That's what's happening here with the empire, but like almost more drastic, like we're going to increase prison sentences. We're doing all these things as, as a reaction. And this is a chain reaction that like our group that we've been following for the last few episodes set off. And then we kind of get to watch at least some of them, most of them, a few of them, um, see the consequence, the direct consequences of their actions once they're back in their real life. And then we find out that Vel is actually seemingly on Coruscant, seemingly part of something. Um, we get to see Luthen. We get to see Mon Mothra, who doesn't even know that this was happening with her seeming ally, Luthen, at, at the helm. Um, we get to see Cassian, can't even go back to Ferrix. I mean, it's really interesting how we get to see it all play out in their real lives because all of these people are part of something. They're not just normally when we see rebels in Star Wars, they're just like on a rebel planet. They're in a place, they're at a base. They're, you know, in a in a situation where like this just feels like it's their whole lives, but we're not there yet. Like this is the beginning stages, which I think is really cool. Yes. And this this kind of brings me to my one gripe. Okay. Which is that I I still don't really understand what Cassian Andor wants. Everybody else is getting very defined by their wants in the rebellion or um or maybe there's a layer of mystery. I think Vel has a layer of mystery to her Luthen as well. But Andor obviously was escaping getting arrested. 
but he was also looking for a sister. We've kind of lost track of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And as we see in episode seven, he kind of loses everybody he loves. Bix doesn't want to go with him. Mon- uh, his mom, mommy, Marva doesn't want to go with him. So, so who does he have? And right. I think that it's interesting because he's not a quippy kind of guy like a Han Solo. He's not just a do-good nerd like Luke Skywalker. Um, and I'm kind of hoping that in the next few episodes that we will get more definition as to like, well, okay, we do get the definition of Clem, but at the same time, I feel like I'm losing the the, the now. We know what he yep. was motivated by when he was like 15, 16, or whenever this incident happened. But we don't really – he just wants to go to space Miami and, and chill out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I agree. I think we're going to get it. I think we're – there's obviously going to have to be some character development to get him to the point where he's, uh, you know, who he is in – in um rogue one where it's like he's he's fully repping the rebel the rebellion he's all in this is his life um and we almost see Jin urso at the place where cassian is now of just like i just like want to live my life dude like i just want to get out of here or whatever um and he's the one that's really pushing the rebellion not pushing it on her but he's like living breathing it so we're we're gonna get there i have to assume otherwise that would be a huge i can't imagine that they wouldn't connect those dots for us um but we'll see i mean we know that there's gonna be two seasons of this show with 24 episodes each uh, well 12 24 episodes total 12 episodes each so i feel like they're gonna give it to us right now to me it feels like cassian is like the vehicle to get us from point a to point b but almost everything else in the series is more of like the main character than him if that makes sense yeah and i just so i uh i just want to so I'm a subscriber to something called Episodic Medium, which is like a, a sub stack that has like a lot of amazing television reviewers posting their reviews. Awesome. And somebody in the comments uh, said something that I think is 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 true, um, is that uh, like he's using Andor to explore what makes people fight it, what makes people go along with it. And how does a person go from being one type to another of this idea of like a rebel versus a fascist. And on the other thing is like, uh, this is a show about how someone gains the spirit of rebellion, mm-hmm. which is true. But I feel like it's seven episodes in, and the most we know about the spirit of rebellion is what happened to him when he was like 15, 16. And yeah. so it, it's it's one thing to say, well, it makes him cold and closed off while his adoptive mother decides to essentially fight, stay and fight. But it, you're kind of sitting here and you're like, Okay, well, we're seven episodes in. Like, you know, we got to, yeah. if, if like, you know, Nemec dying doesn't like touch your soul and whatever, then then what is like kind of motivating you in a sense? Um, right. I, I just really hope that they explore that deeper. I hope that they will. And I think that they will. I have to think that Nemec's kind of like communist manifesto style, you know, rebellion report that was given to uh, Cassian at the time of Nemec's death when he left them on that moon, I guess it was, uh, with the doctor. Um, that's going to have to come into play, I would assume. I don't I don't assume that he has it with him mm-hmm. in the situation that he's in at the end of episode seven, which we'll talk about when we get there. But I, there's got to be something that will connect Nemec's writing to where Cassian is at that point in his life to where we end up meeting him for the first time that we meet him in Rogue One. Like there, there has yeah. to be. Otherwise, it feels like there would be 
no show. So I'm going to, I trust the process that they'll get us there, but I kind of appreciate, I think, you know, I was reading something on uh, AV Club earlier and they pointed out that in episode seven, it took us 17 minutes of the episode to see Cassian within the episode. And it's, it's a show, the show's called Andor. It's about mm-hmm. Cassian. And we, in episode seven, we didn't even see him until 17 minutes in. So I think that they're really kind of doing a lot of really amazing world building and showing exactly the consequences of like what like step one okay we're going right to step two like we're not skipping ahead here um and i really like that like it's giving us it just feels i think i said it before but it just feels like real yeah and you know some people are saying oh well is it like is if andor's our main character you know why aren't we spending more time with him but at the same time i don't think that star wars is not like star wars is not luke skywalker you know like obi-wan kenobi was not meant to just and the Mandalorian is not just freaking Pedro Pascal in a mask. Right. Like there are other elements to it that influence and create reasons for us to stick around that are not just the, the main lead of the show, um, which I think builds upon the Star Wars that we already know. Like it creates a expansive world, like so much better than, people are gonna gripe about andor and like i think my gripes are more like i want to see his motivations and not so much i don't care that he's like the lead of the show at all times but you know it's like i don't want like i'm not a big marvel fan and part of it is because i'm like okay we're just watching like captain america do his like nerdy ass shit for the third time in a row like i would rather go out of the central uh gaze of the main character and explore lots of elements than be stuck with this guy the whole time and just be learning oh what's this about the rebellion what's this like i you know i'd rather uh explore lots of different because otherwise you're just gonna shoehorn him in with mon mothma and be like by the way meet mon mothma and you're like what the fuck is going on right now yeah exactly Um, like i feel like the way that like the narrative choices they're making make the world feel bigger where you're right like if we see star wars through Luke Skywalker's eyes or Anakin Skywalker's eyes in the prequels or Rey's eyes in the sequels. We're missing out on so much. And I feel like they're doing such a good job here showing us like what corporate life looks like in this post-Empire pre-True Rebellion world. What, what um, you know, the, the beginning stages of the Empire really becoming what it really ends up becoming uh, what that looks like. What we're showing, we're seeing, you know, we talked about Ferrix and how much we like the planet. We're seeing what that looks like. And then we're hearing, we're not really seeing it through Cassian's eyes, but we're hearing through these other characters, like the impact of Cassian's actions that happen on Ferrix and how it's impacted the people that are living on the planet. We're seeing um, Mon Mothra's, you know, her, her life as a senator. It's just like, it just opens things up so much more and I don't think we would get a lot of that context and the world building if we were only following Cassian around. So like, I'm okay. Like we'll get there with Cassian. I'm sure we will. And like, even if we don't, if he's the vehicle that we're like seeing all of this through and like is taking us again to like point, even though he's not really even taking us to point A to point B, cause like there's a lot of scenes without him. Um, then I'm, I'm kind of fine with it. I'm kind of fine with it. Because I, I think the story and the world that they're giving us is, like, so interesting and immersive. Then, mm-hmm. like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm much more compelled by, like, this group of fighters, these group of rebels having infighting than I am mm-hmm. by, like, one guy trying to save the galaxy. Like, Solo is one of my least favorite Star Wars 
pieces okay. of media. And I think it's because it totally misunderstands the storytelling of like somebody who became so jaded or, mm-hmm. you know, what can rich people in this empire that is, you know, so based in like, not only wealth, but based in like, uh, political influence due to somebody who is from nothing and has nothing. Yeah. Um, and that's all to say that, uh, I, I wanted to circle back to like the beginning of the eye is that the whole, the idea of them kidnapping the, um, I don't know what his title is, but like, you know, one of the commanders and his wife and kid yeah. um, who really are just kind of in it to like be like, he just wants a promotion. He wants to get, everyone talks about how they want to get off this planet, which I get it. Like, seems like a nice kind of planet, you know, seems yeah. fine. Yeah. Got a lovely celestial event every year um, that the people who are in the sort of corporate imperial part of this empire are like, just people who like want to utilize the empire to for their own gain. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like seeing that because I think it again reminds us that like not everybody is pure evil, but people are very self-interested and very self-motivated. Oh yeah. And I think that's like I would almost feel like that's the theme of the show. Like mm-hmm. right now, the Cassian that we're with, he's completely self-interested and self-motivated. And he meets people who are not, but like everybody is to an extent. Like Skeen, we find out. Well, we'll talk about skiing when we get a little deeper into the episode. Yeah, it's skiing. (laughs) And Luthen is kind of seemingly, he was an interesting character where we didn't know if he was going to be a hero. Seems like he's almost becoming a little bit of a villain, like maybe an anti-hero, like that we're, everybody seems really complicated and really gray. And I like that because usually in Star Wars, it's so clear, like, who your hero is and who you're supposed to root against. It's like, oh, ooh, yeah. empires are the baddies and the Jedi and the rebels are the good guys. And like, now we know who we need to root against. But this is like so gritty and so gray. And like, we're really seeing the bad parts of people in addition to the, some of like the redeeming qualities. And it just makes me feel like this is Star Wars for adults. Like this is Star Wars for people that can like understand nuance. And it doesn't have to be like, so cut and paste of like, let me slap this Jedi on here to make you know that this is the good guy. And yeah, like, I'm a Jedi and this... therefore I must be good. Right, yeah. exactly. It's like, it's much more complicated than that. And people are more complicated than that. And I'm glad that Star Wars is finally exploring that concept. It reminds me a lot of, remember when Hux in episode nine turns out to be a spy and you're like, what the absolute yeah. fuck? Like yep. how, who? But yeah. Part of that is this idea of like, yeah, maybe somebody does choose to go against the Empire, but the fact that it's done in the most convoluted way to get to like an undeserved ending, uh, like actually he's been a spy the whole time. It's just like, are you kidding me? And I feel like this is a much more nuanced, much more deep and human telling of that kind of same story of like, how does somebody betray what they know, which is what we get with um, his, the the Gorm, the uh, yeah. Imperial uh, officer converted to rebel. And we kind of get hints at his story, which I don't think we need to go super in-depth with. Yeah. Because it makes sense. He, like, hates the Empire. It, he scorned the woman he loved. He lost her for yep. the Empire. And now he wants to stick it to the man. Stick it to the man. Like, that's yeah, that's what he's doing. Um, and right. I love the way he performed this. This episode's performance from, from the actor who plays Gorm was, was very well done. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could really feel the weight of like every movement that every character in episode six made. Like 
everything that Valencenta did, everything that the group of, you know, um, the rest of the rebel or the rest of the group, I don't even know that we can say that they're like rebels yet. Cause I don't know that they have like the, the moniker of that. Um, but like that group. And then, you know, we really feel the weight of, um, I think his name is Bihaz. Bihaz is the, is the commander from the empire whose family got, um, pretty much held hostage. Yeah. And even this, like, from a Star Wars perspective and from a Disney perspective, we've never seen live action Star Wars go this dark. I think we saw it in Clone Wars in some aspects. Clone Wars gets pretty dark and pretty sad and pretty grim in a lot of ways, which is why it's some of my favorite Star Wars storytelling, because I think we see a lot of that nuance in that show, but it's animated and people don't love that. And not everybody loves animation. You know, it's not for everyone. So like, this li- this is the first time we're really seeing a lot of these concepts in live action Star Wars. And I, I love it. This is like, I know we talked about this last time. And um, I think you had asked me what uh, like Star Wars stories I wanted to see. And I was like, yeah, this timeline. I'm so in on everything that they're doing in this timeline because this is what I want. I want to see what takes the Empire from like level A to like level Z. Like I want to see that transition. I don't want to just know that they're bad guys. Like I want to see the complication. I want to see the people on Aldani hating the empire. I want to see the transition of like, this is the last time they're actually going to be allowed to come here and observe this celestial event. Like, cause we're kicking them out. Basically we're not, we're taking over. We're, we're getting more evil as we go. So, uh, you know, I'm just excited to, that we finally get to see some of that. Uh, and also on top of like the empire, the empire knowing that they're going to fuck up the Aldani's space and, and ruin it for like an airfield is the knowledge that Luthen has of like what which we really learn in episode seven which i think is very fascinating of like yeah the empire is going to make things way worse for everybody that's exactly what we want to happen and mm-hmm. if the aldanis weren't going to get punished by you know building an airfield they're certainly going to get punished you know they, they say like there's no more gatherings for like religious or ceremonial purposes mm-hmm. and Luthen is fine with that and then there's also the question of like what does a rebellion mean if you're sacrificing people's lives and hurting people and, and having people sort of live in, in, in under like terroristic conditions? Uh, if it, is it worth it if you win? And we know that they don't, what is this five years, BBY, something like that. Like, I think so. Yeah. We know that first of all, Cassian's going to fucking die. So is your life worth yeah. the rebellion? But on top of that, we know that even after the battle, BBY, even after the first Death Star imploding, it's still going to take like two more movies to get the yep. Empire out of here. And then we're going to have and a And then we just Nazi get a fake regime. one. Yeah. yeah that one. takes place like five years later or something. They just build it right back up with a yeah. new name. So uh, is yeah. the suffering worth it for the rebellion is, is I think a really interesting question to constantly ask yourself while you're watching this. And and I think that the the writers know it as well. Yeah, I feel like they're they're really showing us that people have to make a choice, right? They're showing us that like, you know, it, there's people are going to suffer in war no matter what. Like there's th- th- this isn't going to be easy and people are going to have to make sacrifices and that is what it is. So it's a choice you have to make. Like how far are you willing to go? And I think we see Andor Cassian go from who he is now, which seems to be very self-interested, only cares about himself pays back tries to you know wants to just get the 30,000 credits that he signed up for he doesn't need all the rest of this money he's not going to steal it he just wants 
what he's owed for the job that he did so he could pay back his debts and then just go live a life where he doesn't have to worry about this stuff. He just wants to be able to like not be stressed and just get his debts off his back to where he ends up in Rogue One where he's willing to die for the rebellion. Like it, yeah. it's just, it's interesting that we can see how people can like start and then how they like are going to end up making those decisions down the line or really feeling like, yeah, the sacrifice is worth it. These sacrifices are worth it. So do we want to go through the recapping of the heist or do we want to just pontificate more on the implications of robbing the empire? Yeah. I mean, we could talk about it. So yeah, I mean, basically, you know, I don't know if you agree, but I was surprised at how um, messy this was because we didn't really see. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the heist turns out to be pretty messy we see like some preliminary planning before episode six in episode five and we see them do you know how to be a soldier do you know how to march do you know how to do this this and this we don't really know what their plans are we know that they don't know how to drive the ship and they need cassian to do that and input the weight and the coordinates we get that so we, we get the sense that they're amateurs right but like they're in there holding people hostage blatantly like being in front of other empire employees soldiers and they're just like yeah no this is like a thing it's like they were not under wraps at all like i was expecting this to be a super stealth mission and then when i saw the rolls of credits and how large they are and the amount of money that they were actually taking i was like well this is like way bigger than i think any but any of us realize and i think obviously that's kind of the point right Uh, of like how large of an attack this is yeah but we've seen so many heists and so many like things getting pulled off in Star Wars before that were just like, oh, they're just going to like do some dumb thing, sneak in, sneak out. But that's not what this show is. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, and I think it's a it's a great point you've made. And it reminds me of like uh, how the, the boss kind of like collapses and like is, yeah. is clearly like a little too hot and schwitzy to, to yeah. be under these conditions. But I think it also demonstrates that like this is not easy. This is not just shooting, you know, the the bullet down the center of the uh, Death Star and blowing the whole thing up. Yep. It's very messy. And um, that's also kind of why I don't want to say that, like, I like seeing character deaths, but um, I don't know if you've been watching Lord of the Rings. I have not and, yet. I'm going to binge it. Okay. I won't spoil too much, but I feel like okay. Lord of the Rings shies away from character death. Yeah, I feel like we see that in Game of Thrones, too, like in the first series of Game of Thrones towards the end. Yes, because because the characters are so beloved. Also, my boyfriend just started watching Game of Thrones and uh, I I forgot how uh, horny jail the first season of Game of Thrones is. They were like, if we can't get people to watch, we'll just give them boobs. It's crazy. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Everyone has to go to horny jail. (laughs) And it's (laughs) insane that I think any of us watch that series in retrospect. Truly, Um, truly. But also Lord of the Rings, I feel like uh, what the series suffered from, and I don't want to say that it was bad because I thought there were a lot of good elements to it. Um, the series suffered from like this constant idea of like, well, we're going to fight and we're going to win. And I like that Andor and what the Star Wars universe is trying to sort of pivot to in a way is like, you're going to fight, but you might not win. You might yeah. lose a lot of people. And I think we did see that also as well in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi is that you're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices and it's going to get messy and you're just going to hope that you skate by and that yep. you sort of eke out the win. And that is uh, what I liked about, you know, the 
the um, soldier who figured out why the comms were being hacked. Yeah. Um, all the soldiers who were sort of like putting up a fight and and didn't really want to help the rebels in the basement. Um, and I, I just I enjoyed it overall. Um, one detail that I was put was pointed out to me, I think by a review or, or an online video is that um, when uh, Tamarin is, is like, cover me, Skeen doesn't really cover him. Mm -hmm. And he kind of lets him die. And then later we see yeah. why that would be beneficial to him is, you know, let's, let's let somebody die and I get more money. Secretly, right. it's easier for me to just steal all of the money. Right. Um, and I, I really liked the battle scenes. It really felt like they were up against the wall and it felt like they were in trouble, which yeah. I think a lot of the time your heroes don't feel like they're in trouble when you're totally. watching a TV show. Yeah, there were stakes, right? Like it didn't feel like in most Star Wars, it feels like we know what's going to happen. You know, like there's never other than maybe like obviously episode three because it had to be um, where like, you know, the good guys don't win because it's just part of the story. But like in episode five, I think we were left in a place where things were a little dire and wasn't a happy ending by any means. People survived. People got captured. Han was in carbonite. But like for the most part, we know what's going to happen. We'll, we're on we're in for the ride until we get there but we know what's gonna happen like our main characters aren't gonna die yeah. everyone's gonna be fine they're gonna put chewy on the other ship oh no he's on the other oh ship don't worry he's fine yeah like yeah don't worry leia can float through the air it's it's all good it's all good everything's fine um our heroes aren't gonna die but here the main characters that we've been following for three episodes the majority of them died like this did not go according to plan there were things they didn't account for they didn't really account for someone realizing that the comms were down they didn't really and then like figuring it out and going to check on what it was they didn't really account for you know this guy b's whatever what, what did i say his name was i don't even remember Commander I B's, right I've, I've got b, b, b house or something yeah trust me if you listen to our house of the dragon podcast i literally don't know anyone's name so i apologize um <laughs> so they're just not my strong suit so yeah, it's just, again, it feels like there are stakes and they're willing to take the risk and they're willing to let us get invested in people who are going to die at the end of the episode. And that's what that's what I I really like about this because a rebellion shouldn't be easy. It You should have to make sacrifices. This is essentially, realistically, yeah, they're the good, I guess they're the good guys, right? I mean, technically, but they're kind of terrorists. Like they're committing a terrorist attack like that's literally what's happening um maybe you know like a low-scale terrorist attack but they're attacking the government and like the death star blowing up is a literal terrorist attack that's what's <laughs> happening here like that's i know we like sugarcoat it and we're like yeah they're the good guys so everything's fine but like they're literally blowing up a government ship which yeah sure is a weapon that is going to blow up planets that has blown up a planet so it's not like they're the like, good guys full, either. also full of people like they're you know right there the are casual ton are of casualties really... <laughs> um and but I that also leads me to a point where I thought that what was interesting about the eye is that like they actually really didn't kill a lot of people. They right. would just like take a lot of people hostage, keep them in the room, mm -hmm. um, and they didn't kill a lot of the soldiers until they started shooting at them. But I also right. kind of I do admire that in, in a sense of like the show isn't isn't gonna sit here and say like oh yeah these guys are just gonna come in guns a blazing and they're the bad they're badass. Yeah. They're going to come in and they're going to try and have minimal bloodshed strictly because, like, it's not beneficial to them to kill a bunch of soldiers. Yep. But rather, 
it, you know, I'm going to take these people captive. And this is what, again, I think Star Wars is actually about is I'm going to take this family captive because in reality, you don't care about the empire. You care about your family and you care about yep. what's going on with you. Yep. And so I will, and there are people like Cyril, right. Who are the sort of antithesis to that where they, mm-hmm. they care so much about the rule and the law and Dedra as well. And yep. Levin, where they care so much about what is happening with the empire that they have no humanity to them. Right. Right. And like, not everybody's like that. And I think that's how they've kind of portrayed a lot of, um, you know, Star Wars in the past. Like, it's been very black and white. This is much more gray. And what I also really liked about this episode is how they incorporated the Aldani people and how it showed us like, again, no subtitles, which this one, I was a little bit like, it's inconsequential, I guess. Yeah. But like, I want to know. I felt tense. Like, I felt like the Aldani people maybe were planning something. I felt like something could go wrong with them. I was curious, which I guess like that helps build up the tension, right? Because we really don't know what they're saying mm-hmm. or what they're talking about. But like, I wanted I wanted more insight into the everyday person on this planet. We know that they've been dwindling in numbers. What are they thinking What are they thinking about? We know that they hate the Empire. It's obvious. Very obvious. They made that clear. And the Empire doesn't like them either. Um, Obviously, do they like anybody? You know, they just have an end goal of just unlimited power. But I wanted to know more because I just feel like we don't really get to see the Empire's impact on everyday people, especially like people who are native to the planets that they're now under that are now under um, Imperial control. Like I wanted to just get more insight into that. That's maybe my one complaint about these two episodes yeah i liked him i like the aldani um uh elder burning the fur that made me laugh like yeah yeah that was great your ceremonial yeah that was great um i agree with you i actually think this is something that ferrix does very well but also that i think obi-wan kenobi had some hints of like the farmer out in the field and like how you just have to go through these like stupid little checkpoints um but i also concur like i i do wish that there was more to it or more to be, you know, more to seeing maybe where the Aldani live and, and their yeah. population. Are they, are they, you know, almost, um, I don't want to say this in like, but like almost like reticent of like Native Americans being stuck on a reservation, right? Of right. Like, we police your entire natural land now and you're sort mm-hmm. of under our control. Um, I do wish we could have seen something along those lines yeah. because that, that would have been more compelling than just them, you know, showing up out of nowhere. Being like, yeah. oh yeah, the sheep herders, sheep herders are here. I also right. thought that like at some point one of the one of our little heisty rebels was going to join them and just sort of pretend to be one of them, but it turns out that really wasn't the case. Like mm-hmm. I thought they were going to come back around to to pretending to be them. Oh yeah, like Cinta just sneaks out and just kind of like puts yeah. on a big fuzzy hat and is like, no, 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 I've been yeah. with you guys the whole time. A redheaded wig. I think though most of them were red, had red hair. I think. Yeah, weird. Which I was like, weird. Oh. I like yeah, it. very interesting. Interesting <laughs> crew. Um, and that's why I want to know more about them. We'll probably never see them again, unfortunately. But um, but the heist, going back to the heist itself, I think, you know, we we talked a lot about, I mean, there's not like a ton of, sure, there's a ton of like detail that we can get into, but I don't know that we need to like nitpick every single. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know, if you're listening to this, you watched the episode and I yeah. think you, you had some highlights. Um, is there a scene in particular that you enjoyed the most or like a, a moment in the eye that you enjoyed? Um, 
Oh, I can go first. Wait, I thought of mine. Yeah, go first. Yeah. Oh, my God. When the pilots are getting into the Imperial ships, the TIE fighters. Yeah. When you get that, it's a beautiful shot of, like, them coming down their little ladder, mm-hmm. getting into the... Oh, I loved it. That was so good. Like, perfect capturing of, like, what is it like to be a TIE fighter? Because most of the time they just show up and they're in their first Yeah, place. they're just up there. Yeah. But what a shot. And also, I did really like... um cassian driving through the field driving Mm -hmm. through the starship field um and nemec you know using his last remnants of life to try and and navigate them also nemec huge osha violation guys like we really need to have seatbelts on these these vessels yeah this was rough that was probably my (laughs) favorite not that not my favorite scene nemec dying but just that the stakes were never higher. They needed to get off this planet. Cassian was doing everything that he could to get off. And Nemec came through. They gave him that like jolt of a med pack or whatever that was, um, which was interesting. I don't know that we've really like seen med packs like that, like in live action Star Wars. It's very like Jedi Fallen Order video mm-hmm. game vibes. Um, <laughs> and just seeing the eye. I mean, we yeah, were hoping cool. we were going to see it. And like, it was incredible. It was amazing. And it fully masked everything that was happening. There was TIE fighters shooting and things going on underneath. You couldn't even see. No one knew. There were TIE fighters literally exploding. And no one could tell because of this beautiful celestial event. Um, and I think, I don't want to say the shootout was my favorite part, but I feel like the, the tension was so high there. And the fact that like they were willing to take the chance to kill Terramin, I was like, oh, they're going, they're doing it. They're going there. They're going there. Like people are dying. And just Nemec getting crushed by the credits and not immediately dying. And just like, like, it's just kind of poetic, right? Like capitalism literally. Yeah. Is that a metaphor in some way that, that, right. that money is, money is killing mm-hmm. the communist ideal. Money is killing the, um, the freedom. Right. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. I that's thought that was funny. pretty interesting. And like, I think we probably talked about this in the last episode, but I was like, oh yeah, you know, we saw Nemec and we we're like, oh yeah, he's going to die. But I didn't, I thought he was just going to get shot very unceremoniously and like have a sad, you know, like, oh man, it really, he really did die. But this was such a different, I would have never expected that the credits would have, you know, fallen onto him and slid backwards into him and crushed him. And then just to hear him say like, I can't feel my leg. It was just like so tragic they tried to save him they couldn't that was like a pretty heartbreaking death um Mm -hmm. and i just really like the those choices that were made because again it's like not super star wars that or the star wars that we've known in the past yeah and and wasn't immediate either you know it wasn't just somebody getting shot like with a laser and they're dead you know asap um or like would he live and just be paralyzed for the rest of his life like would he just have his life yeah. you know, completely altered forever and be partially immobile. Like, it's possible. Um, I just wanted to talk about Skeen for a second, sort of as oh, we yeah, let's talk about Skeen. episode seven. I loved, first of all, the actor, his name is Ebon. I'm going to get this right. Give it a second. He's also on The Bear. He's been really good mm-hmm. on The Bear lately. Um, Ebon Moss Backrock. What what a Jewish name. Um, so Ebon is really talented at being a shithead oh so good what a pivot like katie did you see this coming did you expect him to essentially 
that say, Andor, you and me, let's split the profits 50-50. Let's get the hell out of here. No. And Andor's like, oh, no. I'm, uh, what? And then, of course, you know, the other side of it is he's like, he, then he, uh, he, he talks about how he, the story about his brother is made up, which is, that's a gag. And then, um, yeah. He wants to take the money, and very clearly he's going to take the money and then kill and kill Andor, right? Andor's not stupid, um, right? And so Andor shoots him. How did you feel? This was um, what I expected from this episode was that we would see the eye, the ship would take off, and the episode would end, and we would be ending on this beautiful celestial event. So the fact that we got this other, we're now seeing a doctor try and save Nemec's life. Andor and Skeen are sitting outside and then Skeen kind of like broaches this topic and you're like, nah, like, is he messing with him? Is he just like testing Cassian again? Like, but no, he was legit. And Cassian's just like, so your brother's orchard. And he's like, yeah, I don't have a brother. It's just like, whoa, dude, that's fucked up. And it just kind of shows that like, you really can't trust anybody. And he was so distrustful. I don't know if that's a word of and of Cassian. Because he himself was a shithead and he himself was untrustworthy. Um, So I thought that was super interesting and a twist I did not see coming. And it also shows like Cassian's just fine with murdering people. (laughs) But also, well, he's fine with murdering people who are shitheads. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he because he's actually it's kind of funny. Maybe he's just mad that people assume he's kind of like a shit. And he's like, you think I'm on your (laughs) level? I'm going to kill you. Like, (laughs) how dare you? Yeah. Well, I think he also just like, he understands that certain people can't stay alive if he's going to stay alive. Like he understands that. He understands like, oh, if I don't kill this guy, he's probably going to kill me because I'm not going to go with him. I'm not going to take this money. I just want my 30,000 credits and I want to be done with this. Like I was hired for a thing. I'm doing a thing and then I'm getting out of here. This is going to get me out of my thing in life that is is causing me issues. So um, that's, what I want that's all I want I'm not getting caught up in this mess so if he he either says no and then Skeen kills him or he yeah. either kills Skeen like there's no other option and he didn't even have to weigh the choice it, yeah exactly that that to me is I think the biggest thing is like he did he did the right thing in his situation and I like that Vel, Vel at first is like are you kidding me and then she like understands and she starts to believe him she's like yeah I guess yep. Skeen was kind of a shithead maybe he did want to steal all our money yeah um, and like what motivation would Cassian have to just be like, I just want what I'm owed. I don't want any more than that. I want what I'm owed. Because she's the only one left. She's left. Nemec's left. And then Cinta, who... that was what, That's actually a question I want to ask you. What, do you think we're going to see more of Cinta? Do you, what do you think she's up to? Because she's on Aldani still. She stayed behind. Yeah, we saw her in episode seven a little mm-hmm. bit. Very briefly. Um, I think, first of all, I think there's something romantic going on between Vel and Cinta. I think mm-hmm. that was like I the vibe of, of one of their scenes. Um, and I do hope we see more of that. First of all, we love lesbians in space. In space, totally. But give us Star Wars. <laughs> well, I, who was the first queer? I guess it was um Rose had a a lesbian oh. or a, a same sex kiss who in was? episode nine. Oh, it was oh, like in the background. That's the you're asking that yeah, it was nine. in the background. It was probably clouded by all of the other frantic movement in episode nine <laughs> that you couldn't pay attention to. Yeah, terrible racist ire that. She, yeah, Kelly Marie yes. Tran dr- mm-hmm. suffered at the hands of Star Wars fans. Yeah, um, uh, we love lesbians in space, as I said, and yeah. I think also that Cinta is the character we have, I think, known the least about, and I would yeah. like to know more of her. I think the actress is giving a great performance and making her both mysterious and accessible at the same time. She's like a, a do-gooder; she wants to do good for society, um, 
and maybe we get to see Aldani through her lens now as she's staying back. Um, I loved in episode seven how we got to see the actions through the lens of the news and through the lens of the media of the Empire. I thought mm-hmm. that was, we've never really gotten to see like Star Wars TV before, have no. we? No. Like, I loved, okay, so anything else to say about episode six? Well, nah, let's no, get no, into no, episode no, seven. because. No. Episode six, as much as it was like so much hype and build up into this heist, I feel like now we're like, now we're taking off running. Now we're seeing like the heist was just like a means to we're an end. With gas, baby. Yeah, we're cooking with gas now. Like everything's moving really quick. Things are changing rapidly. And I was watching this episode last night and I was like, man, this is so good. Like this, I really think this has to be some of the best Star Wars storytelling that we've ever seen. Like, I really Amen. think so. I know I've said it a couple of times, but like it just every episode I'm surprised at how good it is. And this one knocked me out of the park. Yeah, I was um, I was also thinking about this last night in terms of like Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings, the show, is that to me the Lord of the Rings show would re- constantly reiterate the same points over and over again. Mm-hmm. It would always be like, well, this is potentially dangerous or I want to have violence against this person. Whereas I feel like what Star Wars has done is Star Wars leaps off the point of I'm looking for my sister oh no, I'm a wanted criminal. And it keeps leaping from point to point. And mm-hmm. I never feel like we are rehashing something to death. It never feels like this, right. the themes are being explored over and over and over in just the same way with different characters saying the same shit. You know, yep. it, it really feels like, um, and that's what I kind of love about Cyril, right? Is Cyril is not just a bad guy who works for this company the whole time. Now he's a freaking corporate lackey who's just trying to like, but he's also like seeking revenge and he's like a little weirdo right, right. Dedra is like an intense researcher for the isb and is like desperate to find rebels and crush them and we are constantly moving forward in both action and i think theme and all staying central to the plot which i think is very mm-hmm. hard for a tv show to do and it's why oh, this yeah. is such a successful like star wars medium oh yeah i i agree with you a thousand percent the fact that we like see a star an office building and like a cubicle setup in star wars like the fact that this show is willing to take us there star wars and severance baby it's it's just so i'm like yes that give me more of this i don't even care if i don't see cassian at all in this episode i just want to explore i just want to explore it all like give it it feels like this stuff has always been an afterthought in star wars because we're so focused on the Luke Skywalker and the bringing the Jedi back and what's going to happen with Anakin and this love story of Anakin and Padme that like no one gives a shit about. It's like now we're getting to like, how is this impacting the day to day? What are the like, what does a corporate situation in Star Wars look like? What does um, what does like a Senate fundraiser look like or like a party in on Coruscant? What does that look like? We're exploring such like, different avenues. So much the rebellion? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's freaking awesome. And I'm just so psyched that they're making these choices and that they're like going so many levels deeper because like this is just, it's giving me everything that like I want from like this world that I feel like I'm so immersed in just from all the different stories that I've seen and like read about and whatever, but like never to this level. We've never gotten like to this level and it's just like oh now we're going there and we're like getting deep and i'm i'm all in it's very immersive um so when we begin episode seven 
I really didn't know where we were going to go. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know if, like, this was going to be important news or just, like, a minor thing. But I like that it was, like, extremely... Uh, there was an extreme reaction by the Empire. Oh, yeah. Uh, by Emperor Palpatine, who's off screen. Yep. Which I love, by the way. Love that choice. Love that we didn't see him. Love that people are just referring to, like, yeah, I discussed with Palpatine. Like, he's just a dude. Because he is, kind of. But, like, he's still kind of like the Emperor who was the the Chancellor who then got put into the emergency. Like, he's, like, it's, he's still rising in those ranks almost it feels like even though he's obviously in power and in the head of everything um it's just cool that he's like accessible and people are talking about him as as he's part of the world we don't have to see him to know that mm -hmm. um and the dead don't speak he's still alive the dead yeah. speak yeah god i hate episode somehow so palpatine's back <laughs> anyway please continue i'm sorry uh, i totally cut you off um no, so I, I like showed my friend Boba Fett, or not Boba Fett, I showed my friend Babu Frick the other day and I was like, there's a great character in Star Wars. He's on screen for about a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, this yeah. is what's important to me. Yeah, that's about it. Um, although he's coming back in, uh, is it The Mandalorian? Or he's, he's oh, there's like, um, or there, there's a bunch of like his species, right? Or something in like a trailer we saw. Is yeah, that I don't remember. Yeah, I think was. that was Bob the Mandalorian Frick's back, trailer. Maybe. Yeah. Bob, um, somehow Babu Bobby Frick returned. <laughs> um and so with episode seven i think that we're the biggest gag for me i don't know about you was vel being told that she needs to kill cassian mm -hmm. that was i think a moment where you realize that like uh what i was talking about earlier of the idea of luthan you know what is the price of of rebellion what is the price of freedom and yep. it comes at not only people's rights right like you said we get <laughs> the empire gets patriot acted mm -hmm. but Andor, who just sacrificed his life to potentially get them out of there, is now going to definitely sacrifice, or, you know, now he has to sacrifice his life for sure to keep the rebellion running. Um, I thought it was a great twist on Luthen because I think he was getting yeah. too just, like, good guy, and he was like, uh-oh, this guy might suck. Yeah, it's like everybody here is complicated, right? He's just looking at Cassian as if he's a loose end that needs to be tied off, and... I thought it was interesting. Um, the The character who's with him in the gallery, whose name I don't remember, it's like his seemingly his counterpart. Um, I don't oh, recall uh, what her name it's is. Like, it's called like Clea or Clea. I'll find it. It's like some K name. Um, yeah, you are right. Clea. Clea, okay. When she speaks to Vel and is like, well, he's walking around with Luthen in his head. I'm just like, that's so interesting because it's like such an interesting way to say like, well, we're exposed and we need to take care of it. Like he knows Luthen. He's seen Luthen. He's met him. Um, so we have to take care of it. And it's almost like, you know, he's just so fine with just sacrificing anything and anyone around him as a means to an end. But then we see other people who aren't as okay with that. Like it seems like Vel's not okay with that. Obviously, Mon Mothra is kind of appalled by what Luthen did without looping her in. Like, he mm -hmm. took it really far on his own without really looping in someone who's to be a, supposed to be a trusted ally, right? So it's like, yeah, it, he's complicated for sure. <laughs> but, like, he wants to take down the Empire and he realizes, like, you have to sacrifice people in war. 
and he even says, you know, like she, she pretty much says like, you know, people are going to suffer. And he says, that's the plan. Like it's all part of the plan. Like people are going to have to suffer. Yeah. None of this is going to be pretty and people have to suffer because it gets them. If they're complacent, then they're not going to want to join this rebellion. They're not going to want to fight back. Like they have to suffer in order to be pushed to the brink to say like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. Like we have to be done with this empire. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting what we see in the end. I, you know, I thought it was a little ham-fisted, but it's okay. But like the troopers essentially harassing Andor in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not, it's called like Niamos, which literally just yeah, sounds Niamos like a, like a Latin American city, like <laughs> yeah, it, like. And um, he's getting harassed by a sand trooper, and the sand trooper arrests him, and then he gets six years in prison. And yeah. I think that it's an interesting demonstration of just like how um, how fascism doesn't care about what it does. The whole point of fascism is to instill fear into its people so that they will not rise up, so that they will not fight back, and to also sort of villainize these rebels as people who are violent and attacking and, and get so many people who could even be vaguely sympathetic to the rebels off the street. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping for next episode that we get some sort of jailbreak because I think that would fucking rule. Um, I would love that. That's the, I would that's love that. Dream. And I, I thought that the end of the episode was interesting, right? Because it's like you see Cassian on this totally new planet. We've never seen it before. Um, everyone's kind of calling it like Space Florida, Space Miami, Space Myrtle Beach. Um, and he's just like walking on the beach getting harassed for no reason because people are running around near him running from someone and he just like looks like the people who are running or he's in the wrong place at the wrong time really he really wasn't doing anything he was going to the store he gets put in jail for it and it's like this is actually a direct response to the heist that you were part of that you drove the getaway ship to and now like maybe you didn't get an immediate consequence to your actions but like this is how your action directly impacted the rest of the galaxy and like now yeah. you're suffering for it later yeah you know i guess you have to assume free. it's like months or years or something later i don't we don't know how how long yeah, he's got a new girlfriend so yeah <laughs> that also mm-hmm. made me laugh just like the yeah. this girlfriend being like can you like go to the store can you get like yeah that, that's like remember me we when like I wake this up on flavor yeah yeah totally totally <laughs> um i you're totally right, Katie. Is like this is your it is exact causation. Like it, it, yeah. it is correlation. You have done this, and you have created this. Yeah. Um. And I love that because I think that it's a reminder of how tight-fisted the empire is on everybody they have under their control. What I did love was what Dedra had said earlier in the episode, where she said that like systems. She says something about systems essentially like you can patrol systems but like nobody cares about those lines like nobody Mm -hmm. actually nobody actually gives a shit about like oh well we're in the empire versus oh we're we're in an outer system like an arbitrary line that's been drawn yes and you you Mm -hmm. can't just police she her whole all of her scenes i was like on the edge of my seat i thought she was maybe gonna be a good guy secretly pretending to be a bad guy but turns out she's just a bad guy (laughs) yeah i'm really interested to see where we go with her because i feel like even she was not Everybody else is kind of like, oh, yeah, we're having this reaction to this thing. Like, they struck us. Like, they're never going to win. Like, we're going to come out on top. We have the resources. And she's kind of like, this is exactly what they want. Like, they want this kind of a response. And she, it, it almost feels like she's like 
a bunch of steps ahead here because she knows like I'm look, I'm curious to see like what her background is and why she um is so like tuned in and clued into these this kind of like rebel esque behavior. Like I, I'm looking mm. forward to finding out more about her. Um That's a good point. But yeah, like she the whole thing is really interesting, right? Like Blevin is just like well, you know, everything has to be authorized. And she did this thing in a totally unauthorized way. So I'm going to rat her out. And then she's like, actually, I found out all this shit and uh, about the planet that you're supposed to be in charge of. And you're not doing anything about it. And like publicly, he was trying to publicly embarrass her. And she ended up publicly embarrassing him. And then Kyburn is like, uh, hey, watch your back. Like, come take a walk. Yeah. Like, watch your back. But he he kind of like was impressed by her kind of like bucking the system in a way. And like, it seems like everybody in the show, as we talk more about it, the theme is like just getting themselves ahead. And she's clearly yeah. motivated to get herself ahead. And he was kind of like, yeah, great job. But like, watch your back because you're making enemies here. Yeah. People it, aren't going to take kindly to that because everybody wants to get themselves ahead. Right. Is part. Yeah. Is part of the theme that like the nice guys, the people who are trying to save others sort of fall victim to those who are more selfish or, or the people who are selfish hide in the shadows while the the noble peoples essentially fall because that's what I think of with Clem as well, which we, we get the backstory of, but I think it's an interesting point of like, if you stick your neck out, you might get slashed. Right. Um, like you really have to, you can have whatever motivation you want, but you should really be putting yourself ahead of everybody else because at the end of the day, like what's the, what's the means to the end. Mm -hmm. um, also, I, I think it's, it's worth our time to talk about Clem Yes, Which let's I totally, do that. I, did you make that connection before they said it this episode of like, oh, he named himself Clem in Aldani because it was a reference to his dead rebel adopted father? Um, No, I just was, I didn't realize that he named himself Clem. I thought that this was just a name <laughs> like, hey, Clem, like we're going to name you Clem. And then when we get this like flashback, I'm like, oh, his name was Clem on Aldani and this is Clem. And now we're getting more of a story and we see Marva how impacted she is by this and the empire. It's like, Oh, this like goes significantly deeper than we really know and could know. And, um, obviously some, some bad shit went down, but for some reason that's not enough to get Cassian to be like, he just doesn't feel, it seems like when he's talking to Marva, it doesn't feel like he thinks like, yeah, whatever, let's just get out of here in a place where they're not going to and like live peacefully without them covering over us instead of like fighting back. Like, what's the point? They're they're bigger than us. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so I think what must have happened is that Clem's death has emphasized to Andor that being a rebel is not worth it because you mm -hmm. cannot fight back. You're not yeah. as strong as the Empire. You cannot win. And I think that what we see with the robbery is that you can fight back against the empire, but you're going to lose a lot. And it's, and it's not an easy win for you, which just, again, I think reemphasizes his jadedness of we can't fight these people. Right. Um, you know, Bix gets her ass kicked and Tim dies and, you know, everything that he cares about is getting sort of tormented by the empire and his theory is like, okay, what if I just get the F out of here? And nobody wants to go with him because they actually want to. See Although I'm surprised he never really offered to Bix, like, "Hey, you want to come with?" Like, right? Hey, yeah, Tim I'm kind of surprised by that too. 
Tim thought we were like kind of dating. So like, what do you mean that happened? You want to go? Like, right. <laughs> just say something a little bit. Um, right. But that's what I think is going to happen. That's sort of the theme. We're just getting told it in like very, very small bursts. It feels like. Yeah, totally. And it, it almost feels like he's, he doesn't really get the bigger picture, right? Like, he, in the first episode, kills these, like, corporate cops and then comes back and is like, oh, I gotta get out of here because I, like, I really screwed up this time. But I don't think he understands, like, the gravity of what he did. Uh, and then same here. It's like, okay, yeah, we robbed this place. I got the 30,000 credits, though, that I need. So, like, we can go. And everyone's like, no, like, this is, first of all, this is the beginning of of something. Something happened, something huge. And now this has changed everything. The first thing that changed everything in a smaller way on Ferrix is what Cassian did and brought to that planet. And then he kind of just like ruined everybody's life around him. And it's almost like he's like ignorant to the fact or like naive to the fact that like it was kind of the same thing that happens at the end of the episode. Like your consequences, your actions have grave consequences. And it's almost like he's not like putting the pieces together of like, oh, wait, maybe this was a mistake or like maybe I can't just come back to this planet and like walk around as if nothing's happening because not only is is this now a, a an imperial um, an imperial run system, which it wasn't before. It wasn't. It was like not in the jurisdiction of even those corporate cops. And now they have the full empire there. The ISB is there. Um, but everybody hates you. Everybody wants to kill you because you literally brought these people here and you screwed everyone's life up. Like you really did it this time, Cassian. And now it's like, oh, actually you were like, really did it this time because you're just changing the Patriot Act is here and like people are getting monitored and it's almost like he's just like no we'll just go to a planet where these people aren't don't exist and it's like I think you need to wake up like you need to wake up wake be fucking for real yeah yeah I, <laughs> um what do you think of Marva like overall as a character because I know we were sort of griping about her being like a kidnapper right yeah do you think she's redeemed herself enough <laughs> to not be, in our minds, a bad child kidnapper? So I feel like they said without saying almost that on, um, what's the planet that she took him from? Um, the first planet um, where uh, he was born. Canari. Canari, Canari. She basically alluded to the fact that like after they left, the planet was wiped out or attacked or everybody on the planet was wiped out because she's like, stop looking for your sister. She's gone. There was no one left. Everyone's dead, basically. So it almost does seem now like she saved him, even though we were kind of griping a little bit about her being like a white savior of just taking this like native kid to this island, leave like this white woman comes, picks up this kid who doesn't speak like the, the tongue of these colonizers and like, it just it felt a little weird but now it almost feels like oh maybe she did actually save him because it seems like maybe they wiped the planet out after that yeah i think my guess is that it was probably like an ecological disaster like the right, mines some kind of mining down thing. and then you know the planet just got totally fucked up um mm -hmm. i really liked her arc of like when she was taunting sort of the troopers who were in her house yeah and then it was kind of like <laughs> like was taunting them about like it's when you don't hear the pounding that you gotta be scared and they're like yeah. uh and then yeah. it stops versus um now where she's she's like really is bought into it um and i think that 
you're essentially watching like two different people of one family process trauma differently and the, it's the trauma of Clem's death. Um, mm-hmm. And again, this is like, we're getting so microscopic on the, the, the tragedies of the empire, right? But I think that Star Wars is, is better for it. We're getting super yeah. close up on the sad things that have happened in mm-hmm. this society and it's all the empire's fault. And so we should blow up their big planet um, yeah. and we should do just that. Yeah, I I love the scene with Marva. I thought her kind of just like digging her feet in and saying like, I'm not going. Like, I don't care if I die here. At least I'm dying, like fighting for something. This is the start to something and that something that we need. And like, I'm willing to just be here and see it through and like protect my home and fight back for Clem and do whatever I can to assist essentially instead of like running and hiding. Like, I don't need to do that. That's not That's not gonna make me feel fulfilled. Like whatever I can do to be a part of this is worth it to me, even if it puts me in danger or even if it makes my life harder. Like I, you know, I'm not taking the easy way out, which that's what Cassian wants to do. Right. And it feels like that's just what Cassian's done all the time. He wants to do these things where he can like get money quick and then be in a better position for like a little while, but then actually in a worse position overall. And I really liked when he said to her, like, I'll be worried about you all the time. And she said, that's just love. Like Mm -hmm. damn, that hit a little hard i think because like she's worried about cassian all the time and she loves him and like he never once thought about that like how oh it's it's upsetting to you now because you're gonna worry about marva all the time so you can't you can't fathom it because you're like no you have to come with me i will be worried about you all the time but like she's been worried about you this whole time too because she loves you and but you're selfish and you're kind of like naive to those feelings and that those facts it it is like one of the store one of the more like emotional beats of Star Wars that isn't just like a romantic relationship. It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of of um, Leia and um, Kylo Ren slash Ben. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it is because um, I really like these moments of Star Wars where it's like it's very hard. Life is very hard here, and I'm scared for you all the time. But like I know that you have to go out and do your own thing, or like I am I am thinking of you at all times because this is a very dangerous world we live in. Um, and it really it really touched I thought it was very touching Um, and also very funny for Andor to basically like be like but I'm like I'm really worried about you and she's like yeah that's love like you right you don't know what love is sir right exactly like you've never and it just goes to show again like everybody's just self-interested and worried about themselves and now he's like oh but I have to worry about you like so you have to come with me and she's like no that's that's just what love is and like you have to sacrifice in life and I don't think that he's ever like not that he, you know, obviously he's been through a lot, right? Seemingly, yeah. based on what we've seen so far. I'm sure we'll see more um, background. But, like, I don't know. It just always feels like it's for him to just, like, get one step ahead. Where now it's just like, no, you kind of just have to live in this and sit in it and deal with it. Yeah. This is this is, this is is life. And I also think that I like that we immediately see how tight the grip of fascism is on the uh, on the planets of the empire as soon as the Saldani rebellion happens and, and oh yeah uh i am really fascinated to see where we go next um especially because i think cyril we haven't even really talked about cyril. yeah let's talk about cyril cyril well there's like not even much to do but it's like he gets like a new job and then he's just like doing his job and i'm like i know he's gonna come into something like he's gonna go through police files or something and recognize andor again or something but like mm-hmm. i'm just waiting for his little weirdo self to to do something else in this series and i cannot wait 
Yeah, he's so, um, he's an interesting one. Even like his mom is like, what'd you do to your collar of your shirt or whatever? Like he's like, she's like kind of making fun of him because he just, you know, and he, this is not the first time he's tailored his outfit. In the first episode, he tailored his uniform for like the corporate cops. It's like, he just wants to be so buttoned up and like mm-hmm. he's, I want to see if him and, and Deidre, Dedra meet each other because like, gotta see what that dynamic's like. Oh yeah. Um, But he goes to this, corporate job and he's he's looking at um fuel purity that's his job it looks like he's just it almost looks like he's just like doing data entry like scrolling through stuff or you know just looking at essentially like filing it feels like and he's just sitting there and you can tell he's just like consumed and he tells even his boss like well there's a rebel murderer and that's why i'm here and whatever and the guy's like yeah okay just like have a seat in your cubicle dude like no one cares and it's just so interesting he like keeps coming across these people who are just like i'm just trying to i'm just here for the paycheck man like i don't care what weirdo shit you have to say like i'm just just go sit down and like do your job um so it seems like nothing is like dampened his uh ambition i guess we could call it yeah. And also nobody seems to care that he's like, I was, you know, when he says to his like interviewers, like I was investigating a murder and like, I need to expunge my record. And the guy's like, okay, well, we could take that off your resume and then hire you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Like, okay, good for you. Um, That's great. Maybe don't share that. And, um, you know, we'll get your job, whatever. Your uncle's calling in a favor for you. So <laughs> the other, um, the other thing I really enjoyed uh, is like, we got the droids from Rogue One, whose name escapes me, but the tall, the tall boys. K two S O, K two S O, and and mm-hmm. I love seeing because you know we see the friendly droids, but I love seeing a non friendly droid where we're oh, like, yeah. oh, wait, you're our friend, and we can only hope that at some point he makes he meets his K two, who is his bestie, and we get to see that play out because I think that would rule, and also Alan Tudyk is very funny, so I'd love to see. Him oh yeah, that. he's great. Um, yeah, I loved this when he was like walking up the stairs i was like is that k2 but obviously it wasn't the voice was different no i don't know how like video gamey you are but there's these droids are in jedi fallen order um Mm -hmm. and they are so hard to fight in the game they are so (laughs) hard and as soon as i saw it and then i realized like that this was not this was not a friendly droid i was like oh cassian's totally fucked because they are so like they're security droids. They're like trying to, you know, they're like upholding the law and they're very strong. And it's just, I was like, ooh, this is rough. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen when he meets K2 because obviously things did not go well when he met this droid, picked him up by the neck and hung. He's the, really almost the, killed him. Yeah. Right. I mean, the sand troopers like just hang on to him and he's like, hang, hang. And he just holds him up, which is interesting because like it seems like his father, Clem, got hanged as well, which is, I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition but yeah he uh got fucked up by that droid big time surprised he didn't i mean obviously we know he's not gonna die but i'm just i'm surprised um what what are you looking forward to in in the next episode like what i said prison break that's what i'm hoping for is there Mm -hmm. something you're hoping for to see next i don't know if i'm hoping to see anything necessarily i'm just excited to be along for the ride because it feels like there's so much Star Wars where we know what's going to happen. And like mm-hmm. here we know how it's going to end, right? We don't know the beats that it's going to take us to get there. So I'm just curious to see how they've mapped this all out. Like that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to see. And I'm hoping that like 
what's going to happen to Cassian in jail? Are we going to see? Is he really going to be in jail? He can't be, I think, logistically, because I think Rogue One is five years away from this and he was sentenced to six years in jail. So I don't think that he can... (laughs) Katie, you cracked the code. So this full term, so <laughs> something's going to happen. Yeah, like, he, yeah, I, I, something's going to happen. Is he going to meet people that we've seen before? Is he going to meet Saw Gerrera there? Is K2SO going to come and break someone out? Like, what are we, what are we going to do? Are we going to see, like, Galen or so involved somehow? Because we know, you know, he's been secretly, well, he's been on a planet far away for quite a while, I guess, at this point or take no no he hasn't he's with the empire right now building the death star so is he like sending signals to Sagar or somehow like what's gonna ha- i don't know but there's so many possibilities and that's what i'm excited for it's not like we have to follow this linear path it's like there's so much that we can see and i hope we get more b2 emo because he's so he makes me so sad mm-hmm. what a cute little droid with his little stammer i love him um yeah I like I have nothing to add. I just love droids. Like <laughs> Yeah, they're the best. When he like woke up, I was like, Oh my god, we're back at Ferrix. I was so excited. Like that was like the oh, this is like we don't need a title card. Like we see B2 Emo, we know where we are. Yeah. What about you? So prison break is what you're what you're hoping for. I feel like well, we're, we're gonna have to see a prison break. Yeah, also some shit's gonna go down with Luthan, I think for sure. Um we haven't even really talked about Mon Mothma, but I yeah, think I was that just, Mothma's um yeah. she's gonna have like some stuff go down with her and like she's trying to finance her rebellion and she talks to a friend and i feel like every time a character talks to somebody about the rebellion i'm like this isn't gonna go fucking well let me tell you that Um, yeah well that was yeah let's talk about that really quick i this seems really interesting i guess she was at like a her husband's party party i don't really know what this gathering is for but i think this is the one where the daughter like didn't want to go to it I, i don't know but Maybe his birthday party because she's buying gifts for him from Luthen's store. Like, I don't really know exactly what the event is here, but mm-hmm. her old childhood friend is there who I guess is some um, financial hotshot banker or something. And she wants to talk to him about setting up some kind of like money laundering scheme, basically. Um, yeah, some she, kind of foundation. Access yeah. to her. So she doesn't have access to the wealth that for her she family. used to have access to because everybody's watching her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love what she says about, like, I'm causing a nuisance and I'm being irritating so they don't think that I'm doing more than I'm actually doing. Right, and I thought that right. was very interesting. I thought that was interesting, too, and so strategic. Like, if she's just sitting back and following all the rules and whatever, maybe people would be suspicious of her, but I'm sure people are like, ugh, my mother, she's so annoying. Like, there's she's just a babbling whatever because um, she's kicking up all this dust in places that people probably wouldn't expect so it's like an interesting thing but we do see her when she goes to meet luthan the driver is a little suspicious and then she says my driver is whatever like all of these people are watching like i'm being completely watched and she's onto it she knows exactly what's going on um it's probably everybody it's probably everyone in the senate is being watched not just her i would assume um i don't trust her husband what do you think i feel like he's gonna be don't trust a man no yeah no I trust Tay. <laughs> I trust Tay. Uh, yeah. I don't trust Tay either, though. Actually, I don't. I don't. I don't. You never know. I think in Star Wars, yeah, especially. you never like, know. You know. I guess she lives right to make it to Episode Four, so you have to assume that she can get ratted out on. But um, to me, Luthen is like the big question mark out of everybody here. The husband, probably just a guy who doesn't give a shit. Luthen, creepy AF. Luthen has the taste for violence but it's just making everybody else do it and i feel like that's always a kind of a bad sign actually is like a person who 
will not commit the violence themselves and instead is like sending out all his little spies to do it is mm -hmm. kind of um a much scarier threat than i think we realize yeah agreed um totally agreed i'm i really loved the moment i'm gonna i didn't write down the quote so i'm gonna mess it up but when tay is saying like i don't want to talk politics like my my politics are probably too, a little too extreme for your taste. And then she kind of like says it back to him. I was like, Ooh, yeah, get him, get him on mother, get him. Um, I loved that. I thought that was a great line and a great, like, you know, he said, it, and then she kind of like played it back to him. I, I loved that. Um, yeah. That's just I don't know. me talking I, to people at bars, right? Like, same. I'm like, yeah, I can. It's way too extreme. My, my views are way too extreme for you. Um, yeah, I love, I loved that. And it kind of, showed that people kind of look at her like she's ineffective right like she but she really like stepped into her power in that moment and I, I loved i loved that whole scene i'm excited actually that's probably what i'm the most excited for is to see more of her storyline and see more, where that goes um and uh, and her husband i think her husband's gonna something's gonna happen with that dude i could tell he's just he gives me the ick yeah um, well, that's kind of all the thoughts that gives me the ick. <laughs> my yeah. husband, my rich house husband gives me the ick, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. Monmouth was a, a feminist queen. We're gonna love her. make a fan cam for her soon. I love Hell her dress, yeah. by the way, this episode. Ugh, but that's yeah. the only other thought I had. On oh, the costumes in the show are incredible. Oh, yeah. Good Absolutely stuff. Absolutely incredible. What we saw, um, Vel wearing, what we saw, um, again, you said her name and I totally forget her name, but the red coat, um, Luthen's kind of confidant. Oh, Kali. Business. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a serve. Amazing. Walking the runway, honey. Yes, the runway, Mom, Mothra, on. everybody. I was like, ooh, these outfits. And I love seeing, like, here they are in one aspect and then here they are in their, like, real lives and, like, oh, no, we thought Vel was just, like, a peasant farmer who joined the rebellion. No, no, she's actually someone and she has a life to go back to and she, like, is a badass. Yeah. Just incredible storytelling here. It's like when people go get on the jury of Survivor, right? And suddenly they're hot again. You're like, oh, shit. That's exactly what it's like. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. Oops. <laughs> yeah, oops. Um, okay, Naomi, any, any other final thoughts? Um, keep Star Wars good. That's my yes. thought. <laughs> yes. I just love, like, I know I know you were not an Obi-Wan fan, Really? I liked it fine. Yeah, but like, it, it did was not fine. Rock my world. Yeah, know? and I like let the nostalgia get to me. I love. I just love you, McGregor. I love Obi Wan. I love Anakin. So like that it that fed my soul. This is like really giving me like oh this is like good. This is like good. like we're watching House of the Dragon. You're watching Lord of the Rings. This is like right up there with those shows for me. Probably better actually. I didn't really not to get too into House of the Dragon. I won't. But like. I've had issues with some episodes this season. Yeah. I didn't like this week's episode actually very much, but like Andor has been just hitting every single mark for me. And I feel like it's one of those shows we just like haven't seen that in a while from a show. So I'm like really excited. Even the Mandalorian, like there's a lot of Mandalorian I don't like. There's a lot of things about the Mandalorian that I could and probably will complain about when the new season comes out. This I'm loving everything. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is a podcast yeah. for complainers only. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um all right cool well naomi where can the people find you on the internet what are you up to these days we'll start closing out mm, i'm at naomi calhoun on twitter or instagram at n-a-y underscore o-h underscore m-i uh, but most importantly if you're listening to this and you um want to uh help me have work to do uh get more work get more jobs uh somebody feed phil season six is on netflix right now it's a show Ooh. i worked on um it's a lot of 
fun and even if you just watch one episode they'll show netflix that people are watching and that people like to watch it and then maybe we'll get renewed and then i can keep working so that would be my request to you and also listen to my interview with mike white pin tweet you'll find it yes mike white was robbed (laughs) naomi's podcast and a true statement um Well, amazing. Thank you, Naomi. I am Katie, obviously, as you guys know. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at RealSimKatie. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash RealSimKatie with an underscore at the end. You can hear me on some podcasts in various different spaces talking about a lot of different topics, really all all different ends of the scale here. Um, if you like Real Housewives, you can hear me talk about that with Carrie on The Cool Water Show. If you like The Challenge, you can hear me talk about that also with Carrie on TJ Hates Quitters. If you like House of the Dragon, you can hear me talk about that on Fire and Pod with Chanel and Javier. Um, Big Brother coverage, more of it's coming. Um, Isaiah and uh, Josiane put out an interview today with Arissa Cox, the Arissa Cox, um, which is so exciting. She was amazing. She had such incredible things to say about Silent Podcast. She like knows us. She knows who we are. She knows what we do. How wild is that? I know. She follows me on Twitter, which is like, that was Me too. That was a moment. Yeah, no, like she didn't have to do that. (laughs) damn she like listens to she gets it she knows she knows who we are um shout out to her she's a queen and everything she's amazing um but there's you know we have some exit interviews from big brother 24 we are doing some coverage of previous seasons isaiah has something in the works with a few um like crossover content creators that's coming soon for big brother 23 so there's stuff going on if you're still a big brother fan you can't get enough um check that out you can also um listen to all the other coverage we have on silent podcasts we uh, gia is currently hosting um a claim to fame rewatch podcast uh with her sister i believe it's called sister act um you can also find her gia covering all things survivor 43 uh we have amazing race coverage by sasha we have never have i ever coverage by sasha chappelle so we have a lot of stuff with the mole coverage tiny bubbles um carrie and jd are doing an incredible job with that they're dropping one episode per episode of the mole which i don't think many other people are doing i think they're covering it in chunks so um they're crushing it they already have some postseason interviews lined up with the cast so definitely check that out they're really they're putting in so much work into that podcast and it's they're doing great and they're really proud of it as they should be because it's really awesome um all that and more you can just subscribe to us and get it in your feed uh if you want to search on podcasts anywhere that you listen to your podcasts you can also follow us on youtube and twitch at sound podcasts on both um like we said we're recording the video to this we're going to post it after the fact uh and um yeah, that's it. Leave us a rating or review if you like what you hear. And we'll be back soon to talk about the next episode of uh, Andor. We're really excited. So thank you, everybody. Thank and you. And we will see you all soon. Bye.